Welcome to another edition of the Game Preview Podcast presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Ethan Greenberg, Cynthia Freeland, as always, coming at you. We're talking Jets, Jags, Week 16, MetLife Stadium. And uh, I know that you're going to say tails, so I'm just going to give you the opportunity here because it's the holiday season. I'll just, uh, I'm feeling jolly. I'll give you the option. I'm not even going to do the coin toss because it's just going to be tails. So you want to start with the Jets offense or you want to start with the Jets defense? Let's start with the Jets offense. Okay. I, I feel like the big storyline here, let's start off in the first quarter, is going to be about Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. We'll talk about Lawrence later. Let's just start with Zach Wilson right off, right from the jump here in the first quarter. What did you think of the way he played against a complex front against the Miami Dolphins? And what kind of opportunity do you think he has this weekend? Well, I thought the game plan was really smart, using a lot of not-so-long deep passes in order to create opportunities to keep their, them scoring. Obviously, that it worked out well in terms of scoring more points than, you know, potentially against this really complicated front. So I liked that, especially given all, all – I thought that it was a good game plan and it was well executed, and there were a number of fun tricks in there as well that, you know, that keeps defenses off balance. Cynthia, what do the Jets receivers need to do better than they have in the past two weeks without Corey Davis and Elijah Moore? Not a ton of production there. The Jets have gotten, I'd say, a little tricky, right? We saw the Mike LaFleur play where it goes Wilson to Crowder across the field to Berrios. Berrios has been a, a big piece here recently. But what do you need to see from these Jets receivers in particular that they can help Zach Wilson moving forward? Well, it's going to look a little different in this matchup this week because – those corners that the Dolphins have are really good. And by the way, the front is also really good. So Dolphins defense is a much different task than what we'll see this week against the Jags. So what the receivers need to do is figure out mixing in more intermediate passes because Zach Wilson has showed us that he has that deep arm. So we'll probably see more of it on display in this matchup. What about this Jaguars pass defense? I mean, I was just looking at pro football focus. Brandon Eccles, and we'll talk about this later, the number one coverage grade in the NFL. Number two, Tyson Campbell for the Jaguars. Has he been a player that's been coming on strong recently? And who, who are the guys in the secondary or even the front four that the Jets fans need to know about? So when I look at this, when you look at the Jags and you look at what happened last week, right? And you look at these. So you're, you're right. There's, there's a, there's a couple of guys. This is, there's 11 players on this team. So it's not like they're bad necessarily, right? Like this is not what I'm, what we're, what we're talking about, but it's not how, how do, let's put this right. It's not, it's not the dolphins, right? And it's, it's not the bills and it's not some of the other teams that you see quite often, not the Patriots. So the difference is, is the scheme will reflect less efficiency. Here's one note from last game that kind of shows you sure they had an interception when they brought blitz, but they blitzed on almost 40% of their dropbacks, 38.7, they being the Jags. And they got exactly zero pressures on Houston's quarterback, right? So Davis Mills, another rookie. No, they, they picked up the blitz packages. It, it didn't work, right? The, the O-line held. The Texans O-line is not amongst, it's not the Colts O-line. So this is an opportunity here where we can take this blueprint and fast forward it this week. And that will be a better a better situation. Well, the Jets' offense did let up six sacks against the Dolphins. You were talking about the difference in scheme there. But let's talk about left tackle. George Fant did not play last week. Robert Sala said he's optimistic that he will play this week against the Jaguars. How much of a boost do you think that will give not only the offense, but Zach Wilson as well? 
I mean, left tackle. So most people think like, you know, you got your five most important positions, right? You got your quarterback, then you've got your pass rusher, then you got your left tackle. So the third most important position in terms of T building, get that back with your starter. That is a huge uptick. That is a big deal here. All right. And then one last thing in terms of the Jets offense against this Jaguars defense, particularly in the pass versus against the pass. You've often talked about, and we've talked about it every week, the importance of short passes, right? Whether that's to whether it's a screen to the running backs. We didn't see Michael Carter get a whole lot involved last week in terms of that aspect, but how beneficial do you think that will be against a team that you said like to dial up the blitz last week? I think that that will be one of the ways, that was one of the ways that we saw, you know, Davis Mills not be under pressure, right? So to me, watching those, and also Brandon Cook, so, you know, you have to, give him his 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 just due but the interesting part about how these short passes will navigate here you talk about that they have a couple of guys that in coverage ranked really high last week pro football focus also you know they co-signed that but if you look to see where they're pretty susceptible remember obviously usually you see zach cunningham against the run but he was their leading tackler this guy was all over the field he was also good in in coverage well, that, that was missing for the Jags, so you saw the difference there. I understand that we're, we're mixing our teams here, but ultimately when you have that linebacker level being susceptible, you're going to have an opportunity just like we saw in other teams when they don't have the great linebackers there. Those short coverage opportunities, those short passes become even more influential. All right, well, that was the first quarter. Let's move on to the second quarter. Let, we ended with Michael Carter in the first quarter. We're going to start with him in the second because this Jets rushing attack against the Jaguars rushing defense. Michael Carter, his first game back, not a whole lot of production, but what did you see from the Jets running backs, particularly Carter, last week? And do you think that was more of a product of against the defense that the Jets were playing? Sure. So the Dolphins are good run defense. They're kind of low-key, more underrated against the run than you might think. I mean, when I close my eyes and I think of the Dolphins, I think of, you know, Ugba up front and I think about their corners. But you'd forget that part of the reason why the pass looks so good is because they're good against the run. So I thought that the scheme reflected good opportunities to keep everything moving forward. That's not what we're – this is not the situation that the Jags defense will break now. There's a lot of changes going on with the Jaguars in general, right? Moving, losing their head coach last week. Just everything's going to look a little bit, a little bit different from a person personnel standpoint. So I do though think that using the the run opportunities that we've seen all season long from the Jets and Michael Carter being back and being more like you'll see how slippery he is in this game. The guys are not as good of tacklers that he's facing this week. The guys are not as good at like figuring out how to stop the run. They're not good as good of run stoppers, however you want to like define that, right? So you'll be able to see Michael Carter do the thing that Michael Carter has done all season long, which is break tackles, earn yards after contact, and just get you those extra two, three yards that are really necessary every single down. How about the performance of Tevin Coleman, Cynthia? I just want to read the numbers here. He had eight carries for 50 yards. He had a 20-yard run. Feels like Tevin Coleman still has some juice. Do you think maybe the Jets could look to him even more than they have throughout the season? It was a pretty even split last game between both running backs. And Tevin Coleman was – it's those big play opportunities. That is a key to this game. The big plays, so 10-plus yard runs, 20-plus yard passes – those are the two areas where you're going to see something pretty interesting. And the fact that Tevin, 
who ever said Tevin Coleman didn't still have it? Like he, like, there was a reason he came here, a scheme familiarity with the coach and the opportunity to create those big plays. So I, you know, I'm, I'm all in. Cynthia's saying she's all in on Tevin Coleman, getting more carries. We'll see what happens Sunday against the Jaguars. Just talking about the Jaguars defense in terms of run defense real quick. Can you tell us about miles Jack? I know he's kind of a do it all player, but miles Jack is a very good player for the Jaguars. Feels like, you know, the NFL world hasn't talked about him in a long time ever since the Jaguars were making that playoff push, but he was a key cog in that defense as well. Do you remember the, like, cause miles Jack went to UCLA and was hurt. And then at the combine, like he was like, you remember him running up that Hill with like a whole bunch <laughs> of weight on it. Like that's my yeah, miles Jack. But, but honestly, like you think about that and then you remember, Oh, that's the guy who's going to be tasked with stopping runs, stopping these gains. The, the problem is, is, in, in a vacuum, it's very hard. When you're like the man on this situation, it's very hard because they just throw it away from you. <laughs> you know, it's like, they, they like go the other way, like stay away from him. So I think you'll see him for sure. He, and he doesn't get enough love nationally because he's awesome. He's very, very good. And, you know, we'll, we'll be even better once they get a little bit more of a pass rush up front that's reliable. You'll see him more. He's just not at that position like, a pass rusher where you see someone on every down, just like, you know, crushing the whole line. So you'll see him, you'll see him stop runs. But on, I think the, the advantage here is the scheme. Meaning I think that Mike LaFleur will figure out like, just run away from it. You know, like th this is what he's been doing all he's faced players like this, his whole career, you know, like there, there's some good ones up, you know, that guy, Bobby Wagner is pretty darn good. You know, like he, he's, he saw him in Seattle quite a bit too. So there's a lot of, you know, situations where I, I feel like this is this is what this team's you know able to 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 think of and, and plan for WinBet is now live in New Jersey and they're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting get in on all your favorite teams players and sports from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport they have what you need to win sign up today to receive a special offer risk-free $1,000 sports bet download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning WinBet an official sportsbook and gaming partner of the New York Jets offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in New Jersey if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-270-7117 because I, I wanted to be here anyway. I wanted to be in New York anyway. I really want to play for the Jets. Like, we turn up the biggest city in the world. There is no more passionate, more fervent fan base in the entire NFL. All right, very well said. That brings us to halftime. Miles Jack, 97 tackles, leads the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, halftime, I want to bring up a couple things. I got two things. One is uh, you're very color-coordinated today. Are your nails green and white? So, they're actually – it's they're, they have, like, some snowflakes on them. I don't know. Uh, okay. We went a little crazy. They're, but they're just Festive. like – it's like a night a nighttime scene. I don't know. I went with white this time because they were dark. They were green before, and now they're white. But we got the green shirt, so – green sequins because you know wh why not right who doesn't love it's green very sequins? festive very I, festive. I feel like i feel like sequins as you know let alone the color are very like festive and new year's eve style so yeah Ooh. i mean green and sequin why not right i, I mean i wrong? just i figured i'm like i saw this i was like it's perfect for the jets i love it so <laughs> you know might as well might as well all right second thing here is so 
we do this segment here, 40-yard stroll, it's weekly. I did it with John Franklin Myers, one of your favorite players on the Jets. He said that he makes his own cinnamon rolls. I just want to know what your thoughts are on that. Listen, do you think Jonathan Franklin Myers knows who I am? Because did we just become best friends? Because I love <laughs> to cook and bake as well. I, I, just when you thought you didn't, couldn't like someone anymore. No, that's awesome. I got to get that cinnamon roll recipe because... That's one I think could be, to me, could use some updating for me. I, I like to make the recipes like a little healthier. Mm. I feel like a cinnamon yeah. roll, but we could like, I understand that's not the like the spirit of the cinnamon roll, but you know, you still, still can have a cinnamon roll, make it a bit, mm. uh, just a bit, elevate the health of it. I like that you said the spirit of the cinnamon roll, because that, that's a, that encompasses what the cinnamon roll is, both as a food and, you know, the aura of the person eating it at the time. You're, you're not going for health. I respect it that you want to find the healthy version. And if, and when you come across that recipe, I would like it as well because I very much enjoy cinnamon rolls. Not that I eat them very often, but one more thing on the cinnamon rolls here, John Franklin Myers put me on a place around the facility here in Florham park. And it, he was told by Sheldon Rankin. So now this has gone D line to D line to team reporter now to you. So it's this place called Cineholics. And they take cinnamon rolls and they put toppings on it like cookie dough and Oreos and you basically like a make your own cinnamon roll. Is that That's too much or is that is that perfect? Listen, if you're going to go, go all the way, right? Like, you know, like go all the way in. I once had like a, like my, like my favorite, I am a, like a big dork. And with my friends, like we'll go for a walk and I'll be like, hey, you want to hear my new business idea? And my business idea was a food truck that was like s'mores, but you could put all these different toppings on top of it, right? Like you roast your own marshmallow, but then like maybe you get like um, peanut butter covered graham crackers along with the chocolate. Like, you know, you can add your own stuff. So like, but because the point is, if you're going for the s'more or you're going for the cinnamon roll, just go all the way. Put some Cap'n Crunch on there. I think that'd be great. Some cereal, I, some oh, Oreos. Man. You're speaking my <laughs> language. You speak. I love s'mores. Love. Love so you like my business shame. idea. So we're going to start a business yeah. now too. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Podcast, <laughs> podcast co-hosts, business partners. I mean, this is great. The s'mores truck. <laughs> that, that is the s'mores truck. That's great. I mean, maybe we can create a creative name, but if not, the s'mores truck works. It is Our what listeners it is. can tell us the creative name. They can help us yeah. out with the name. We, yes. We're just the geniuses behind the s'mores truck. We don't need it. We're not the branding geniuses. We just know the product. We just care about the product. We'll let someone else brand it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I feel like this is like the dynamic between GM and head coach, right? Like you do what you do. I do what I do. Exactly. Together, together we make money and we make great things. And we make great s'mores in this case. Wow. All right. That was a great halftime. I feel, I, I feel recharged. I'm ready to roll here. Uh, one thing though, s'mores, you prefer your marshmallow golden brown or like burnt? Golden brown. I'm from Michigan. Like we don't have a lot, but we have great fire pits. Ooh, and we can relearn okay. how to rotate it. No, no burning. Burning. No, no, no. Uh-uh. We don't burn. I, I'm getting a message that says, we forgot to say peanut butter cup in s'mores. That sounds good. Exactly. It, see, the s'mores truck is already taking off. <laughs> yeah. All right. This is, this is a 2022 idea coming to a city near you on your street corner. All right. But probably <laughs> LA though, because that could be all year. New York, you'd be screwed. But people, you know, like, yeah, I could see like, in Times Square, you get your pretzels, you get your hot dogs, you get your chestnuts, you get your s'mores. All finger food. All great. I'm here. I'm here for it. Always. So, People think betting is about what you know. It's also about who you're with. 
And with the WinBet sports betting casino app, you bet with win. Ben, look at this, look at this. New York plus three and a half at home. They're 44 and 22. Greg, no New York bets. Hey! Hope you didn't bet on Boston. Shaq, did you bet on Boston? I went with Greg on this one. He has a whole system. <laughs> big payout, big payout, big payout, big payout. Ooh! Mm -hmm. Greg, man. Yes? What is the Greg system? I pick by color, mostly. So with that, we'll start in L.A., we'll, we'll venture to New York, and now we're just going to dive into the third quarter. And let's talk about Trevor Lawrence here and the Jaguars passing offense against the Jets passing defense. Feels like, you know, maybe Jets fans haven't paid attention to all the other rookie quarterbacks, but can you talk about the struggles as a class for the rookie quarterback and then particularly what you've seen from Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, so as a class, this has been interesting. But you know what? Let, let's put this in context. This is the first clap quarterback. I already told you, obviously everybody knows most important team building. You got to get that one right. Now, remember all of these rookie quarterbacks, they had to play last year in like the craziest mishmash of like, what are the rules? Where are we going? Are we playing this game? Are we not playing this game? So they didn't even necessarily have the 2020 season that most quarterbacks do coming out of college. Right. And then all weird preseason, like a weird off season, a weird, everything, the word is weird, right? So totally not normal. And then you expect them to look exactly like and have the same trajectory as most quarterbacks have coming out of college or could potentially have. Yeah, no, we got to put a little asterisk on this year just overall because when Mac Jones is your best quarterback and the way he's doing it is behind an O-line that was totally fortified. And they have they run heavy personnel all the time with those two tight end sets. So basically he's got like six to seven O-linemen on many plays. It's going to look a little bit different. Eventually, the trick, the, the jig will be up, right? Like, and, the, and we'll see how Mac Jones does. Like, in, I'm not saying he's not good. I'm just saying Patriots have an awesome defense and they've created an, a really great offense for a rookie quarterback to come into, especially one that went to Alabama and threw a bunch of quick passes at Alabama. And then you're asking him, okay, come throw some quick passes in the NFL. It's not that much different. There's no outside the numbers passing. You don't have a weird O-line to contend with. You don't have a bad head coach situation down in Jacksonville to contend with. You don't have whatever's going on in Houston. I know that Davis Mills was not a first rounder, but you know, there's, and, and then what's going on in San Francisco, all very confusing stuff, right? So let's just, we're going to put a pause on this year, judging the quarterbacks in general, because Trevor Lawrence is a good quarterback and he's had a really tough year, lots of interceptions, lots of very confounding play. Trevor Lawrence himself said that why wasn't James Robinson playing? He was their best player, playmaker on offense, helpful to him. If that would be the case, you know, the run game helps the quarterback quite a bit. Their O-line is middling, maybe worse. I'm not really sure what I'm looking at with them. Right. And, so I don't think this was necessarily the year to judge any of the rookie quarterbacks um, in a fair situation. I will say Mac Jones will be your offensive rookie of the year just because quarterbacks typically typically get it. They're going to the playoffs, et cetera. So I'm not saying he's not good. I'm just saying that we don't know what we're looking at yet. Like, I have no idea. And I, I do this for, like, I examine it with all the numbers, like, the whole time. So let's just let's just give them all, let's, let's just all relax just, just a little bit. All right, so Cynthia is basically saying don't pay attention, like pay attention not to the numbers, but to each individual, how they're playing, the circumstance, everything like that. So with Trevor Lawrence, then obviously his number one receiver was supposed to be DJ Shark. He only had seven catches on the year, 154 yards before he was sidelined with an injury. His top two targets, 
Two players both have 56 receptions. Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault. And between the two of them, LaVisca Chenault is one of the guys that's kind of like a, I don't want to say a gadget piece, but he lines up across the formation. Is he the guy that Jets fans should pay attention to more than your standard wide receiver like Marvin Jones? You know, it's hard to say because when you go back to see what Daryl Bevel, now head coach, what Daryl Bevel did, obviously he was with the Lions last year after the Lions fired their coach. He's been in this position quite a bit. Daryl Bevel, you're going to expect a lot of run. We're going to see a lot of James Robinson. We're going to see a lot of designed runs because that's what, number one, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'll go on record and say it, it'll be conservative. It'll be a very conservative game plan. So a lot of James Robinson, a lot of passes that are higher probability passes it's because I don't think Daryl Bevel wants to keep getting trouble, Trevor Lawrence crushed. We That's what we saw against Houston. It's what we saw, you know, it's, it's just what you see. For, that's what he's done unless he completely changes his style, which is unlikely, right? So you're going to see a lot of James Robinson. You're going to see Marvin Jones was the red area target in the beginning of the season. Like had actually at one point, I think for through the first four weeks of the season, had the most red area targets in the NFL. So I think you'll see some Marvin Jones there. Also, remember there's familiarity there because Daryl Bevel came from Detroit. Marvin Jones Jr. came from Detroit. So they know each other. That also is a thing where, oh, I know Marvin could do that. Let's dial up that play. And LaVisca Chenault, he's kind of like a running back-ish wide receiver. You know, you see a lot of running backs that are like wide receivers. He's kind of the opposite, right? So he's the he's the guy who like yards after contact for him are always interesting. It came out of Colorado. He was like that in Colorado as well. So gadget piece, yes, but you know how like I I guess you think of it like Debo Samuel they're kind of using in a similar way. He's like a, a like in that same sort of mold, right? So sure, they'll probably see a lot of LaVisca Chanel. He's had a bunch of drops, so I wouldn't expect him to be used in a deep passing situation. So he just, over the course of his career, has had a lot of drops. But I would think, I would actually expect a bit more of Marvin Jones just because of that familiarity with Daryl Bevel. And that's a great point, and that is something to keep an eye on. One more thing in the third quarter here. We've talked about the Jaguars passing offense. How about this Jets passing defense against Tua Tungavailoa? They did work. They had two picks. They, they had two as uh, in terms of completion percentage, quarterback rating. The last time that Tua had those type of numbers were week eight against the Buffalo Bills with Tredavious White and everyone there. The Jets pass defense also Bryce Hall, one of your favorite players. He had a, a one of those back and forth days with Devontae Parker. And then Brandon Eccles, I said it earlier, not only did he have a pick six, his first interception, his first touchdown, but also he led the NFL in coverage grade, according to Pro Football Focus. So what did you see from them? And is this almost like a, I don't want to say easier matchup, but what type of matchup is this compared to last week? Well, first of all, I loved, I read a piece on the Jets website that was up where Sheldon Rankins said something like really nice about all these young guys. It's like, I loved seeing Eccles with that pick six, all this awesome stuff. So I really, it's cool to see the veteran players like a Sheldon Rankins, like give Brandon Eccles, you know, nice props like that. Like it's, I don't know. I, you're starting to see something special like teams. This has been a rough season and now they're coming together and fighting and playing for each other. That's, that's pretty cool. So I love that piece too. That was a really good article. Um, people should go read it if they haven't already. But when I look to see what Brandon Eccles, it, it's the, it's the sum of the parts being greater than, or it's the, whatever, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts, right? Brandon Eccles was in the right position because so was Bryce Hall. And like in the beginning of the game, the, like the corners had to his number, like the begin, like that first quarter, like, woo, spicy. This isn't going to go well. 
right? Like that pick was great, like really fun to watch. And it, that was really encouraging because these aren't first round draft picks. These are, these are guys who are going to keep like really smart picks by this team. So you can see growth going forward. I don't, I don't know. I was like really, really excited to watch it. I think, you know, my guy Bryce Hall had 17 yards in coverage allowed. That's like what his third game with 17 or fewer yards under 20 yards in, in three straight game. No big deal. Just that, right? Like Brandon Eccles had a 0.00 passer rating allowed. That's also pretty good. By the way, quarterback gets like 39.4, 39.6 if they just throw the ball into the ground. So you are better off throwing the ball into the ground than into coverage for Brandon Eccles. No big deal. Also awesome. That is amazing. Wait, I just have to bring that up again. Quarterbacks, you're saying against Brandon Eccles, 0.0, but if they were to dirt the ball, it's 39.4? I think it's 39.6. I got to look that up for you. It's under 40, right? Okay. So. Because I used to say when people allowed like a 39.6 or whatever in coverage that they were like a dirt ball. And then like it was my joke, but I stopped saying that joke. It's just, it doesn't hit, doesn't land the way it used to, you know, but. Fair, fair. I, I like it though. <laughs> I, 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 the point remains the same that throwing a Brandon Eccles is, you'd be worse off throwing an Eccles last week than actually just putting it in the dirt. Yep. All right. You'd be way better off just rounding it. Okay, well, that's a great way to end the third quarter. Let's move on to the fourth quarter presented by Homefield IT. This is going to be a short quarter, running clock. But uh, so you talked about James Robinson. We obviously know last year NFL's fifth overall leading rusher as an undrafted free agent. This year hasn't had the same amount of success, not the same amount of touches in particular. The Jets, on the other hand, not doing so hot against the run. Three straight 100-yard rushers that they've allowed. So do you think, like, what do you think of this matchup? And it feels like this is almost the matchup to watch if you're the Jets defense, because if you always want to make a team one dimensional and they haven't done so recently. Yeah, we're going to watch CJ Mosley in this because he's had some up and down games against the run. So CJ Mosley is going to be to me like a, the, the Jenga piece for this Jets this week. So when I look to see, OK, James Robinson, there's like one game of film on him. Because they didn't use okay, not that that's that is hyperbole. That's a little bit of an exaggeration. But for whatever reason, they weren't playing him for the majority of the season, which is not ideal because he actually was very useful and he gets those like five yards per carry on inside and outside runs. So that's where they're probably going to look in this matchup, especially since you've seen it be weird for the Jets in the past few games. But I'm saying CJ Mosley up and down because we could see the up version very easily. Why? Because last game, ahead of the game, got to remember, way back this time last week, we didn't know who was playing for the Dolphins. We had no idea. Jalen Waddle playing? Yep. Oh, wait, no, he didn't play. That, that change is, you know, who's who's even active for them? So we're going to give we're going to give it a little bit of a pass in the preparation because did everyone thought when Miles Gaskin was like that he was back on the team that it was going to be, okay, well, my, that's not what happened. So ultimately when you look to see this game, like this one, you kind of know the script. It's going to be James Robinson. There's not going to be as much craziness or, you know, at least we don't think what got, you know, hope, hopefully it, we don't have as much craziness, but you know, like the, it, they have, they're a lot less multiple just in general. Cause remember, you know, Trevor Lawrence is not, super mobile. He he's he can run and scramble, but he's not like Tua, right? Like a Tua is a different type of Tua is a different type of slippery than than Trevor Lawrence is. You know, I did say it was going to be a short fourth quarter, so 
I don't have any more questions about the fourth quarter, about this Jets rush defense, but is there anything that you want to add in particular, whether it's about this matchup in particular, the fourth quarter presented by home field IT or just the game overall. Now is the time to do so. I'm going to call my shot here a little bit. And I think, I think we're going to see, I think you're going to see like non jets fans will even see Quinn and Williams in this game. I think you're going to see like, like we all see him. We know he's good, but like you're going to see him in this one. I think this will be a big game for him. I love it. Call your shot. Yeah, let's do it. S'mores trucks, Quinn and Williams. What else do we need on the game preview podcast presented by WinBet? <laughs> Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Cynthia, enjoy your holiday. We'll talk to you next week for, I guess, what would be right before New Year's Eve. Ooh, I, I got to get another set of sequins. Let's go. More sequins. <laughs>